Hello and welcome to the Bankers podcast series, Banking in Transition. I'm David Robinson, the online editor at The Banker, and today I'm speaking with Peter Liu. Peter is a partner at the law firm Baker McKenzie and leads the firm's China practice in the UK. Peter, welcome. Thank you, David. It's a pleasure to be here. So today, Peter, we're going to discuss rising tensions between China and the West and what this might mean for global banks. Now, Peter is well placed to discuss this as a Chinese national who has lived in the UK for many years. He's a frequent speaker on China related business issues and has testified on UK China issues before the Trade Committee at the Houses of Parliament. Peter, let's start, if we may with the ongoing US-China trade tensions. The relationship between the the two countries obviously deteriorated under President Trump, leading to the trade war. But judging by some of the ill-tempered comments from both sides since then, it has not much improved under President Biden. So, Peter, how might these tensions affect global banks' prospects in the short to medium term? Trade war itself has proven to be more pain than gain. I mean, despite Donald Trump's famous quote, trade war are good and easy to win. I think if you look at the numbers and statistics, um, it's saying actually the opposite. Um, we have saw the numbers which cause the GDP and uh, the economic growth in, in the US. And if you look at China side, export and import numbers, which um, have increased about 30 uh, percent um, uh, comparing the same time of last year. Um, actually, if we just talk about a trade war, um, it does not um, work. Um, but if you think about um, the impact for the global banks, um, if it is just a trade war and a stay as a trade war, um, that wouldn't have, I think, massive implication for um, global banks. But if it become other wars, for example, uh, in tech wars, or there is a conflict law indeed, um, which means US impose sanction on China and China retaliate on sanctions, which will have a, a global impact on global banks. And um, the, the, the implication is quite significant on that as well. Interesting, Peter. So we should certainly need to wait and see on that one. Shall we just touch on um, the recent China-EU tensions. Uh, after seven years of negotiations, the two sides agreed a deal in December. But after the EU sanctioned China over its human rights issues, Beijing responded quite angrily. Peter, is the EU-China deal at risk? And crucially, what does this mean for global banks? Yes. And if you look at the um, EU-China investment deal, our drafted treaty, um, which you can see clearly, um, China has opened up a number of sectors unprecedented uh, from before to the EU companies, and which including uh, the financial industry, for example, they have removed the equity cap for foreign ownership in China for the financial industry, and they have remove the requirement of uh, joint venture with a Chinese company. So the EU financial institution can own companies um, uh, on its own rights. Um, so there's a lot of um, concessions for the European country. And I think after seven years of negotiation, 
you got a really, really good deal with China, whether that will have a risk uh, because the recent development, I mean, if people being rational, um, it's the, the deal is great for the European countries, uh, not only um, because the criteria I just said, there are other benefits as well. For example, how to regulate Chinese state-owned company, how to regulate the subsidiaries of a Chinese company. And there's a dispute mechanism as well. It's a huge, hugely important treaty for the European countries. I would say people um, is likely uh, will ratify that treaty because if you are being rational, it's a good deal. But you never know. Um, it really depends um, the future development between the EU and China, whether the situation or the relationship deteriorate uh, because other uh, factors as well. The other issue I wanted to discuss with you is, is Hong Kong. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, one of Asia's main financial hubs, uh, many banks base their regional operations there. Last year, of course, China passed the controversial new security law, which is widely viewed as reducing the city's autonomy. Critics have called it the end of Hong Kong. Do you have any views on what the developments in Hong Kong might mean for global banks? Yes, David, uh, that's um, exactly uh, what I meant when I mentioned that if the trade war stay within the trade, it won't have a significant impact on the banks. But if split over other areas, for example, in this instance in Hong Kong, it's clearly a conflict law. China passed the national security law, uh, which have certain restrictions. Um, and the US passed um, a Hong Kong autonomy law, which has the opposite effect. When this happens, um, the global banks is caught in the middle. And in fact, um, I often um, say to the global banks, um, it's almost impossible situ- uh, situation for the bank because it's very similar to the situation that you are as a husband called between your mom and your wife and they can't get on with each other. So you are in the middle, you, you just don't know what to do. And there are, I mean, three options for global banks. The first option is that um, you can uh, align with one country, either the US or or, or China. Uh, But if you think carefully, that's not really an option for global bank because both markets are significant and huge and lucrative. China has 1.4 billion people and has 400, around 400 middle class and it's rising. So it's um, important market for global banks. They cannot really cut China off. So the first option is, is not really option. The second option really is uh, wait and see. Um, wait be, um, until US and China become uh, in better terms. But if you think again, this is not option at all for two reasons. Maybe in the foreseeable future, um, the two countries remain uh, uh, intensive, uh, intensively competitive. So um, the conflict law may happen again. And also um, getting into a new market like China, uh, people do have first mover advantages. So if you wait, your competitor will go inside and will take the market share. And um, you, you have a disadvantage in the future to penetrate of the market. And I think the third option, which is um, for me is the ideal option, which is adopt one country, two system approach, which means you cannot have 
uh, one company, one compliance system, which means you need to reinvent certain business to comply with as far as possible Chinese law and US law. You can't reduce the risk to zero, but um, you can reduce risk to um, as minimal as possible. Also, this means going forward for global banks, it will be um, important for them to monitor, to be proactive in communication with the regulators in China and in the US, and also with um, public as well, how to managing the messaging uh, to both market. So what I called um, one company, two system, maybe that's the only way going forward for the global banks. That's really sage advice, Peter. Thank you so much. I, I'm sure the issue of China and the West is one we will keep returning to for many years to come. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, David. Pleasure. Keep up to date by subscribing to our weekly podcasts on iTunes, Spotify and Acast and follow our discussions at thebanker.com podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc., 